Another episode of the We're Talking Drums podcast. I am your host, Corey Hoffing. And for those of you that this is your first time tuning in and checking out an episode, maybe you're a friend of the guest, maybe you saw it on a friend's profile, welcome. If you do enjoy this episode, make sure to drop a follow on any streaming platform that you are listening to that includes Spotify, Apple Music, even YouTube, and so, so many others. And if you want to know about wicked upcoming stuff that's going on, then check out our Instagram and our Facebook groups. All the links will be in the show notes. We have so many amazing previous episodes with guys like Alex Bent from Trivium, Ash Pearson from Revocation, and Alan Cassidy from the Black Dahlia Murder, and some other people whose names don't start with A. All right, quickly, I just want to let you guys know I'm going to be hitting the studio next week with my band, Lotharo. I'm heading up to Ice House Studios to work with my good friend and excellent producer, Thomas Ireland, at Ice House Studios. It's going to be an absolute blast. I'm going to get so much footage. I'm going to try to film as much as I can of my day-to-day, the setup, our miking, and just the overall session. Always want to have a camera rolling. So if you want to see some of that behind-the-scenes footage, of how a band records an album in Canada here, uh, then check out our Patreon. Uh, you can head over to patreon.com backslash WTD podcast to learn more. Again, everything's in the show notes. Check it out. It's only $2 a month episodes early and I'm trying to produce so much more fun content like this that is all geared towards drummers okay and if any of you drummers out there want to work together to make some fun content then let's do it okay it's gonna be a crazy year so let's all have fun together all right all of that being said Jesus I I got to cut that down. <laughs> um, this week, I have on the amazing Levi from Of Sulfur, Deathcore Monsters. I found this guy, I believe, from posting on Facebook groups, uh, his YouTube videos and stuff, and his appearance... Appear- his appearance caught my eye, and beyond that, his chops were absolutely insane. You know we love blast beats around here. You know we love breakdowns. We know you know we love fast double kick. All right, and this guy has all of that. All right, we talk 
for a very long time, to be honest. I didn't realize it was that long, but we talked about his early days of playing the French horn before he stepped into playing drums, uh, moving across the country multiple times throughout his life, uh, the process of joining his band of Sulphur, and the recording process of their latest album, the Burden of Faith, which is due out worldwide on March 24th on Century Media Records. Beyond that, he also, he's a crazy busy guy, uh, he also has a drum loop pack with the company Drum Now. So this is out today if you are listening to this on release day this pack is out today and you can pick it up now we talk about it near the end of the episode but this episode is so packed full of awesome conversations that i had no idea were gonna happen but he is such a nice guy and i had an absolute blast talking to him Mm, pun intended You decide. Okay, without any further stalling, here is my conversation with Levi from Of Sulphur. Levi, welcome to the We're Talking Drums podcast. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, my dude. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. And we just had this short little conversation right before this about (laughs) your name, because I wasn't exactly sure what you like to go by, if it's Leviathan or Levi or anything. And you had this little story uh, about your name and more recent uh, events around it and everything. So... What's uh? Well, let's tell the listeners this little thing before we start recording. Um. So, well, I I've always been in bands that kind of had like a, like a stage persona or whatever. Mm. And so I was in I was in one band and they were uh, trying to figure out like a stage name or whatever. And so I I kind of grabbed out of like all of like the occult stuff. I kind of gravitated towards the name uh, Leviathan. And then it was like something that could kind of be used as like a what is it uh like a real name too so i figured leviathan you cut in half it's you know levi or levi as people say or many iterations of that so yeah i kind of just stuck with that and uh you know people have just kind of kind of just been calling me that ever since so how long ago was that how long have you been going by this i want to say 2000 14 or 15, I want to say, somewhere around there, Okay, I think. all right, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's decent that's amount long of- enough that anybody, like, who knows you, like, in your life, because I don't <clears throat> know about you, but, like, my friends group and everything kind of rotates, at, like, every couple years there's, like, new people coming in and stuff, so, like, anybody uh-huh. who's, like, a part of your life now only knows you by Levi or Leviathan. Pretty much. Oh yeah, pretty yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So they 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 don't really know what what my uh, my legal name is. I guess so. I've just kind of <laughs> I've just kind of stuck with it. So yeah, you know, it's so, it's awesome. like it's like it's like almost weird hearing uh, my actual name too. It's like it like takes me a second. I'm like, oh yeah, because obviously my parents don't call me this or yeah. whatever. But <laughs> but well, dude, yeah. I've heard I've heard of guys too that. <laughs> their parent like they start going by a stage name and their parents get super into it and they start mm-hmm. calling them like this one guy his name was josh but he started going by dallas on stage and like go to a show and his parents are calling him dallas 
Meanwhile, you've known this guy for like a decade, and it's like, what is going on? <laughs> like, you're, you're Josh. Like, it's so weird. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I pro- I probably c- could get them to, but like, I- I'm yeah. not gonna have my freaking parents. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, just like impossible. If you come out to a show, just make sure you call me by my stage name, okay? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely set the set the boundaries, but uh, yeah. But no, I've played I'm, with I've played with guys who had stage <clears throat> names too, and like lived with them, and always just called them by their stage name. I yeah. never called them by their real name. Like yeah, ever, I mean yeah, know? I mean there's 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 been people too, like obviously in my like my band history or uh, like various bands I've been in that have just stage names, and we just kind of go by that i mean even or like just just nicknames that they have like i mean even the band i'm in now you know my bass player his name is ding so yeah it's like we just we just go by that so that's that's what he's called and he's known in his circle so we just because i think his last name is dingler so oh okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so that yeah. one actually kind of makes sense because it's actually part of his name yeah, I was gonna say, does he play a ding wall bass? No, but that, that joke has been thrown around quite a lot. We're like, we need to get a ding ding wall for ding. Yeah, ding wall for ding. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So that, that'll be the uh, that'll be the goal. Ding wall, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Send him your bass. All right, man. All right. All the name stuff aside. Um, yeah. We're here to talk some drums. Uh, of course. So, I'm curious how you got started playing drums. Uh, let's tell our audience uh, just like the process of like growing up and, and finding the instrument and what kind of uh, some of your influences are. Sure. So I started uh, when I lived in Michigan, actually. Um, I, li- I, um, I was in marching band funny enough and so nice. but I did I never did drumline or anything. So I actually started out uh, on trumpet. And so, you know, as, as like I went through, uh, my kind of my marching band, like activities or whatever, you know, as you're in school or whatever, I'd always notice like drumline and stuff like that. But I never got into, uh, never got into a drumline cause for, for, uh, what is it? I always like never liked the attitude of the people in drumline. They were always for some reason just so pretentious and like strange and i just thought that 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 behavior was just kind of odd to me so but uh, i still love the it, di- it didn't ruin the instrument for me yeah but uh in any case so what is it i remember when uh i forget how old i was but we my parents on on one of my birthdays i forget if it was like my 12th or, or 13th birthday or something they told me we were moving to california and um that was a that was a bit of a bummer, but I I wanted to play drums and I wanted to get like a drum set and and start that, and so they were like, well, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna get you like we're we're moving, so we're not gonna obviously get you a, a kit right now just to move that thing. Like if you still have like the passion or whatever, we'll you know we'll we'll, yeah. we'll think about it when we get there. But I remember there was like <clears throat> it was like. When uh, when school was out for the summer, there was like, I think I was trying to get like a because I, I was switching to French horn. So my parents brought me to this thing, and uh, it was like they would sell instruments for like kind of like a discount or whatever. And so they were like, okay, we'll just get you one that you can just have at home to practice with. Mm-hmm. But then there was a, a pair of sticks and a pad, and I was like more gravitated towards that, and I wanted those. 
more than I wanted the the French horn. And so, I mean, it was like 15 bucks. I mean, they didn't care. They're like, all right, fine, here, we'll get you that. But anyway, let's go back to the French horn. And I was like, okay, yeah. so okay, got fine. that. Yeah, and, but I mean, I actually did, I did like playing a French horn. That was, that was fun because it, it, it kind of, helped me out with like some of my like musical background now like with you know especially with how crazy and like prominent like orchestras and stuff works i was in like orchestra stuff too but i mean that's a side tangent but so in any case moved to california uh still you know i still was interested in the drums and i forget how old i was maybe 15 or so Uh, my parents got so i i started kind of late so i got my parents got me this like I forget this no name brand like eBay kit that I had found and you know I forget it had like it was ridiculous it had like seven toms like, like for, <laughs> oh, I, it was like yeah it was like five rack toms and like two floors and you oh know ca- ca- yeah the big boy kit eh? yeah it yeah, was damn. it was it was ridiculous I would never play anything like that now but did you have two kick drums as well no I did not Just so one. Oh. yeah 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 but um. <laughs> I know. So what is it? Yeah, I had that for a while and it had like, I think just like, was it like some shitty like crash ride and a crash and hi hats. And I mean, like I said, this was like all no name brands. So of course it sounded terrible, but I didn't really care because I just want, I just wanted to play. I just wanted to get going. And so, excuse me, my, uh, my parents are very, uh, patient as in my, uh, early learning days, you know, cause like I was playing in the house because yeah. like in Cal in California, there's no like, there's no basements or anything. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. can't. There's no. There's really nowhere to like, kind of like hide with it. Like I, I mean, yeah, sure, I could put it in my room, but it's like it's a freaking drum set. It's right. You know, it's it's going, so main level of the house. Like it's it's not, it's loud enough <laughs> in the basement. You know. Oh like, yeah. And yeah. then what is it? We we kind of moved, cleared some space in the garage where actually I would play for a while and. Um, <clears throat> Neighbors didn't really care, actually, for the most part. But there was this one neighbor across the street. This guy was just like he was just kind of the pest of the neighborhood. He just acted like he owned the whole place, and like uh, I forget what he he sent. Uh, he he put a note in our mailbox once. I mean, it was like an anonymous thing, but we knew it was all it was him. Yeah, and uh, my mom got it, and it was just so dramatic. It was just like. I get home late from work and I just want to sleep and this rowdy nuisance. I think that was like, that was like the catchphrase of that. The rowdy nuisance. Rowdy I, was like, nuisance. I was like, okay. And so yeah. I, God, I wish I, I've asked my mom for it a couple times. She still has it. I was like, I want to just like frame that thing and just have it like yeah. somewhere around <laughs> just for memory's sake. But that was funny. So I just, I just beat, beat on that thing for a while. But, um, so what kind of got me real like really I guess into like kind of more of like the the rock and metal stuff is um it's a, people are either going to love or hate this answer cuz there's usually no in between with this band but it was actually the uh my friend was sending me cuz like I didn't really listen to a lot of music and so my friend uh was trying to like get me into some stuff and I forget he sent me like you know like Metallica and I think there was like Corn and some other artists and you know it was all pretty cool I was like oh we're nice and then i got sent uh this uh vi- i forget which video it actually was but he sent me avenge sevenfold and <laughs> so it was uh yeah it was the rev and i just remember hearing the song and uh i was like 
holy crap, like, look at this guy. This guy is sick. And he was just, like, just beating the drum. So I started listening to more of their stuff. And then I think I heard um, I heard the intro to the song Chapter 4. And yeah. anyone who knows that song, it just Dude, starts with blaring drums. Yeah, that oh album God. as a whole is incredible. Wake I, in the Fallen, yeah. yeah. Back in the day, I fucking I loved Avenged Sevenfold. So, oh, yeah. No, yeah. that record was on constant rotation and so yeah i heard i heard that intro and i was like oh my god this is that's what i want to do like this guy's nuts and so Mm -hmm. you know that that was kind of my start i was just like i would just kind of listen uh to just records i liked i mean it was mainly you know like avenge stuff you know just to start out with and obviously i wasn't ripping songs like that right out of the gate but you know boy was i trying and yeah <laughs> dude you always i remember when i started playing guitar i would just put headphones on and listen to iron maiden and mm-hmm. like pretend i'm dave murray and like oh wow i'm really ripping this solo <laughs> meanwhile my parents and everything could only hear my guitar amp blaring yeah and it was just like they tell me now it's like that that was horrible like yeah. that was painful to listen to. And I'm like, touche. Okay. Yeah. I get it's, it. It's like, oh, but boy, do do we uh, we appreciate their support? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. It's like we all got to start somewhere, <laughs> right? So, yeah. so yeah. No, I, I so I started with that, and then um, just just playing. Uh, my, my I had a friend at the high school friend at the time too. Was kind of learning guitar at the same time. Like Avenge was kind of like our our big band together and we were yeah. just like he was learning guitar i was learning drums at the same time we just kind of like play like random avenge covers like i forget like bolt for my valentine uh god what others I, it was so long ago i barely remember but it's just like yeah. stuff like that you know we're just we're just having we're just kids having fun and bullshitting and whatever and you and know. this would have been around like 50 age like 15 16 you're <clears> doing this um th- actually that that part was more like early high school because then that's kind of when i kind of upgraded kits actually too so okay um so then i got like my first like pdp kit it's like this the what was it called it's like the pdp fs or something and it was and um it was it was like a kit that had like kind of the same colors as one as like the rev did and i was like I was all stoked on it because I know he was like he was like promoting like the PDP stuff like back in the day and oh yeah so shit like yeah. that so but yeah so yeah r- yeah about fifteen sixteen around there yeah mm-hmm. and so then so when did the blast beats come into play what was when was that progression <laughs> that you're like okay this is okay. what I want to play yeah so y- your blasting is like fucking awesome man like watching you play is like fucking sick so oh thank you thank you well okay so yeah so how i kind of got into more extreme side of music again funny story so i was uh you know again kind of late into the whole music thing but uh, my friend because remember when we had uh ipods you remember those dinosaurs i remember those yeah dude i used to use an ipod touch for playback like uh our backing tracks and backing tracks yeah yeah not not that that long ago so yeah actually funny enough uh the guys i share with i think they have one on like the pa back here they i was like oh my god i haven't seen one of these in forever that's a a relic even though it's only like 
10 years ago maybe <laughs> like wasn't that oh no more than ago. yeah more than that even but yeah i know technology's just going so fast right it's nowadays insane. it's it's yeah. crazy it's like shit like a year ago is like outdated now but yeah so it was like one of those like blue ipod classics or whatever the hell they're called and uh so it's like you know people like my friend like would took my ipod he's like i'm gonna put a bunch of stuff on it for you and i i remember uh, just kind of scrolling through some stuff and uh there was this one band i just thought the name was hilarious and i was like okay i'll just check i was like ah he probably put this on it's like a joke i'll just check this out <laughs> and the name of the band was job for a cowboy nice and so, yes i was like and it just said doom and i was like okay i was like that's a, that's a that's a bit of a transition and i put that on and i just could not believe what i was hearing i was like right. what in the fuck is this like at first i heard it was like you know i was like this is this is dumb this is noise what is this and then i was just, then just later on i would just think about it later and i was like i was so intrigued and i just kept listening to it and i was just like oh this is fucking cool this is so sick and so i listened to that a bunch and you know i just kind of went down the rabbit hole from there of like extreme music i forget where um I was just like randomly surfing the internet and stuff, and there was like this top, uh, top like drummer list or whatever. And um, I remember reading one of them. the The name was uh, Nicholas Barker, and so I was like, oh, "Okay." Oh, I was like, "Oh, is he related to like Travis Barker or something?" Oh yeah, so, it must be right. <laughs> yeah, it must be right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so there's, there's no other bar- no other Barkers in the world, <laughs> <No>. and so. <laughs> So I looked at it, I was like, oh, Demu Borgir, okay, let's look at that. And then that was kind of like the big pivotal extreme metal point is when I yeah. discovered Demu Borgir. And so, yeah, I just remember, uh, I think they had like just premiered like the Serpentine Offering. And I was mm-hmm. just like, and that that to me is like one of if not the most sickest metal intro like in history that shit is so, so cool so i heard that and i was like oh this is amazing and then i mean that was obviously he was nick was uh, gone but that was like my gateway into figuring out who what uh like who demi borgir was and then you know kind of went back to the barker catalog and all that and just like his drumming i mean even today is just like this is was just so important to me and even still is just like a big influence on like you know like a cymbal work and splash work and stuff like that so i was trying to play play keep up and play with records like that and uh so that i would say that's demir borgir was kind of like i want to say i was like mm, maybe 16 or 17 when i uh, kind of discovered so so again i'm i'm, I'm a bit yeah, of a yeah. late late bloomer but honestly um, not not that like <laughs> crazy though like even for me getting like i was huge into punk rock in in high school and stuff but then i like transitioned at 15 i joined my brother's band and he was like five years older than me and he's like so here's all the metal like everything from mm-hmm. like the classic maiden and priest and all the way to like the demu borgir and immortal and you know he wasn't as into like the death metal i kind of like had more of that from being into hardcore and stuff and that's how yeah, yeah. i like found job for a cowboy and and like and then like the like white chapel and carnifex and all that kind of came with that deathcore like early 2000s kind of deathcore uh thing that came out right i was so into that but like yeah i was probably like 15 16 when when i started getting into like that extreme 
metal type stuff. So honestly, not like not that crazy late, Man, dude. I didn't even start playing drums till I was eighteen. So you know, oh, really? I'm, I'm I'm way later to the party than you. Yeah. So hey, all good. Actually, funny enough too, uh, I I discovered. Uh, like more than like today's modern scene, like Whitechapel, I discovered them around around that like sixteen, seventeen too. Because my friend mm-hmm. took me to a to a show. It was a who was headlining? God, oh, it was the, it was the Devil Wears Prada. So this was in like I want to say oh seven, oh eight or something. Yeah. And um, who was the opener? There was I forget, but in in any case, uh, Whitechapel was like. They weren't direct support. They were they were one below that, I think. And so, anyway, I was just like, you know, I had a friend who's just like into like a lot of the Warp Tour metalcore stuff, and he had like a, a, a TV series or whatever. He was like interviewing bands, so he, he interviewed like the Devil Wears Prada, and just kind of had me go with them because you know we we like them. And mm-hmm. so, what is that? We went to the show, and then. <clears throat> What is it? It's this, for anyone who knows it, it was at this venue called Chain Reaction in Southern California, or in Orange County, California. So it's a pretty intimate venue. It's a pretty well-known venue. It's a but, dry uh, venue as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that was drinking in the trailer. Like, that That was a yeah. rough night, but, all, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Allages.com. <laughs> yep. That's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. their website. Mm-hmm. So it was, what is it? Dude, it was, it was a great, it's a great venue though. I loved it. It was awesome. Great show. Oh yeah. So, oh no. Yeah. I, I love that venue. I mean that my, some of my first shows like playing live cause that, that's around the area I lived in at the time oh, was, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, was playing there. So I've played there a bunch, but, um, <clears throat> what is it? Uh, yeah. So this band sitting on stage and, uh, I was just like, what three guitar players, seven strings, Jesus Christ. It's like, okay, whatever. Didn't think nothing of it. And, um, so like all the other bands like, okay, it's like heavy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, I was just anticipating your, your standard, uh, warp tour kind of stuff. And then, then they just started playing and I forget, they just, I think they opened with like the somatic defilement or something. And these guys are just fucking ripping. And yeah. then it just gets, you know, that one part in the song where he just holds out that like 10 second, like toilet bowl scream. And I was just like, I just what could not fuck? believe it. I was just like shocked. I was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. And well, so, dude, when I first heard that song and even to this day, I'll put it on and be like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah, this is no. fucking intense, man. Yeah, yeah. It still holds up to this day. So then, yeah, 100%. I just kind of. I, it was kind of like it was kind of like discovering the Doom EP all over again, except on on a live setting. And so, then uh, yeah, they they came out with uh, "This Is Exile," and I just kind of went down that rabbit hole trying to learn their stuff. And oh yeah, so yeah, that's kind of it's kind of where uh, where the blast beats all I think really started. Yeah, so. it was it was in that like mid late two thousands deathcore rush that uh, that happened. So like mm-hmm. it's it's the same thing for me. That's when I got addicted to fucking blast beats and breakdowns and everything. And like man, mm-hmm. I still remember you mentioning like uh, Joffrey Cowboy and hearing that for the first time. I can put myself in the room with the people the first time I watched yeah. Entombment of a Machine, and I was just like, oh, yeah. Dude, like it blew my mind. I was like, "This is fucking amazing. This is everything that I love." It was like when I discovered Black Dahlia Murder. I mm-hmm. was like, "Oh my god, you like you put all the aspects of metal and put it together into one band, you know, like everything that I love and just put it mashed it into one band." It was so sick. Yeah. Yeah. So Hell that's yeah. what Deathcore. Like I've been a huge fan of Deathcore. I have friends of mine that 
more recently got into deathcore with the new wave that's kind of that started up over the last like five years or so. Yeah, and I was I like, dude, like you got to go back and listen to the classic OG guys, man, because that's where all this kind of came from, right? From the yeah. White Chapels and Carnifex and uh, Suicide Silence, the, the like, cleansing, yeah. Yeah, the cleansing. Yep. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yep, I remember my friend showing me that too, and I was just again was just like, "What the fuck? <laughs> this is crazy." Yeah. So, yeah, that 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 I remember. God, there was a point in time where I remember I I used to play that record front to back, like just on drums, just like n- I'm not sure it was really any good, but I just right. went for it. Any- like, like again, it's like, you know, you had your headphones on, you know, I-, I think I'm playing okay, but then what you actually heard could have been a different story. But um, yeah. yeah, playing that record front to back or as much as I, I knew of it too, that's yeah. that-, that was a big one for me. I remember trying to play that and like listening to him be like, I can play this, and then as soon as he starts going into the blast part, I'm just like, mm, just like struggling, just like shaking my head, like I can't. No, <laughs> it's just like that far outside of my range at this point. I'm like, okay, no, I'll stick to my punk beats and breakdowns for now. Uh, <laughs> hey, I mean that's kind of the foundation where it's like blasting all that kind of comes from anyway. So, yeah, to man, me, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like what what is a blast beat at the end of the day? It's just fast single strokes. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just yeah. your, your your right hand happens or hell, whatever, whatever your left, your lefty is on a cymbal, then the other's on a snare or hell, whatever, whatever combination of that you want. So exactly. It's just all your, your, your kicks and your feet and your hands are doing eighth or quarter notes and there we go. Or 16th and it just combine it however you want and make it a blast, make it sound heavy. Oh, you know exactly right just shred just shred yeah. and have your uh, guitar players rip and uh it's a fun time and then yeah but, <laughs> but yeah so i feel I'm trying to because i haven't I, truthfully i haven't really thought about this stuff in like a, a long time so it's kind of like it's kind of a funny uh trip right. down memory lane trying to like think of like the the origins i was kind of thinking because i knew i was coming to do this and i was kind of thinking about some of the stuff before and i was just like kind of re-remembering stuff like Oh yeah, wow! I used to like, like stuff I don't even like listen to anymore. Like completely mm-hmm. forgot about like, and like that was just kind of like a part of my journey back then, or that was important to me at the time. But uh, yeah, so yeah, but, um, I, it's funny when you look back because you kind of just like keep going and keep moving forward, and you're always mm-hmm. looking forward and like, all right, maybe you set goals or maybe you just. Yeah, take exactly. whatever opportunities you can and you end up where you are and then when you take a second to look back is like oh shit like like okay this led to that thing and then because i met this person i got into this band and then that led me down this path and like everything kind of happened to get you to that point too right yeah so, exactly like, had you not like had that friend who showed you Avenged sevenfold Maybe you wouldn't have gotten into heavy music when you did, and then you know uh, found out what blast beats were when you did, and who knows? Now maybe you'd be still playing French horn. Yeah. So. Well, actually, funny <laughs> enough, I actually ended uh, I ended my uh, my marching band career, if you will, on a tuba. So f- imagine oh, that wow. me wow. walking around with that a uh, the big thing on. But that but, uh, that was that was a fun that that was fun that was a fun part of my life. But. Uh, yeah, I put I put the uh, I put the tuba down, put the horn instruments down, and uh, you know, 
just stuck with drums. But uh, yeah, I wanted to get into drumline and stuff, but um, that shit is just like that is like such a different like area of like just drumming expertise and like kind of what what like I do now. Like I mean, like yeah, like yeah. There's like technicality and stuff that goes into you know like music and you know blasting and all that stuff because there there's a lot of variation with that stuff so it's like not that i want to discount that but with god with marching band it's like all like these wild rudiments and all this this shit you gotta know and like perfect like you got to be perfectly in unison with like however however many like are in your your marching line and all this stuff and that's that shit is just so crazy advanced to me i i envy people who can do that kind of stuff because I, I boy i wanted to try but yeah i just i i, I couldn't do what they do dude i i'm the same way like rudiments are my weakest point of my playing like when i yeah. practice it's single strokes i want to get my blast faster like we said sure. blasting is just single strokes so i'm mm-hmm. like yeah i just go for that i dabbled more into rudiments like uh, not too long ago and like tried to get them up and I'm like ah. like it's I don't know like at this point I'm like I know I need to practice them I know mm-hmm. I do like it would help out my overall playing and creativity <clears throat> but like it's it's so hard to sit down and when you've been playing drums for as long as I have and then to sit down and just be an absolute like beginner at something like oh, feel dude, like, yeah, you, like you're just ex- suck at it yeah oh yeah it is so it is so hard to like especially like you know kind of where we're at in our like careers and lives mm-hmm. and everything to go back to being like a student it is so difficult to yeah. just be yeah to just like to just kind of suck at something again yeah and like <laughs> work your way you're just like because it's like you do it you like try for like a couple minutes and you're like I'm just going to go back to 260 real quick <laughs> just yeah. to like make yourself feel good or whatever and play this right. thing you know you're good at and you're just yeah. like god damn it and it just like it just like stinks your morale for a second but it's like you know it's just right. kind of all part of the journey and then comes the conversation of like context of what you're actually doing too of where where that stuff actually has a place in your music like mm-hmm. I know, like, triplet flam fives or whatever the hell have zero place in the fucking music that I play. Like, it's it's yeah. just never, it's just never going to be there. Or, like, my favorite thing is where I see people doing, like, uh, rudiments on their feet. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, we're, we're, first of all, we're triggering our kick drums. Let's just, yeah. let's just get that out of the way right now. So, yeah, yeah 100%. it's, uh, and, and like, I don't want to sound like I'm being a hater on anyone, like, you know, who wants to expand their, like, independence and practice this stuff. And, you know, cause it's like, you know, more power to you. Like, if you want to do that stuff and progress yourself as a player, you know, like, again, more power to you. That's, that's great. That's just, for me, I just focus on what I feel like actually has a place in the music that I'm involved in and that I want to do, and a lot of that stuff just just doesn't. And so, like, yeah. could could there be some benefit? Sure. Like, but for for the most part, learning paradiddles on my feet is not gonna doesn't really doesn't really do anything. But can it? But can it help you with your uh, control? sure your control and independence and all that like it can benefit you in other ways but are you ever going to just 
write a paradiddle on your feet into a song? Probably probably not. Probably not. Um, but I mean, but maybe something like, you know, would you could you do a paradiddle like between like the hands and the feet for something while like, you know, your right hand is like holding a groove or whatever? You know, that that could be more musical probably, you know? Yeah. That could be cool. So, but as far as like, you know, just one or the other, like probably not not really, but um uh, yeah. But actually, uh, funny enough, actually, so it's like a paradiddle can have a, can have a, uh, you know, it, it does play like a, a part uh, musically in what, what I guess I do, because it's funny enough, and uh, we released a song not too long ago called uh, Death of Circumstance. Yeah. There's a part, there's a part um, in the uh, the guitar solo where uh, Ricky's singing, and actually on the, on the ride, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing like a paradiddle on the, uh, on the ride cymbal. Going back, so it's like const. It's a constant sixteenth notes of uh of ride cymbal work. So yeah, are you doing one side and uh, and the other? Are you do you have two no, rides all, or just so, all just okay? Yeah, yeah. so I'm doing it kind of like kind of like that. So like I released actually a drum playthrough too. Um, I forget who premiered it. I think Century did, but uh, yeah, there's a uh, you'll you'll kind of see it. So. Mm-hmm. So in that in that way to help me execute like because it's like I forget what the song is at. I think it's at like one fifty or something so it's like obviously I can't do constant sixteenth notes at like th- that would be like three hundred BPM on my right hand like that's yeah. that's insane so you know kind of make kind of switch switching between the two kind of helps me execute that and you know it's just like a little fun little flare thing and. You know, I thought it sounded good for the part. So, yeah, but. there's always those little parts that you add into songs. That's like 99% of people aren't going to see this, but there's going to be like a handful of drummers that are going to see that and be like, that's fucking sick. And that's yeah. a lot of the times, like, that's who we're playing to. Like, I write parts specifically for <laughs> other drummers to be like, that was fucking cool. Like just yeah. that one little fill and be like that that was badass and nobody else and it sometimes it's so hard to play and you fuck it up like most of the time but when you nail it and somebody notices it makes you feel real good. Oh yeah, totally. I know. Yeah, that that, that is a funny thing. Yeah, to think about too because it's like yeah, exactly. Like there's how many people are actually paying attention to this stuff? You have you have no idea. But I mean kind of doesn't matter at the end of the day too because as long as it's something that's like also musically like satisfying to you as like the artist as well as is worth you know considering but then yeah there's those people that like pick up something who like know your music you know they're just like they'll look at you like point at you or whatever and yeah you're just like hell yeah at least at least at least that guy at least that guy knew what was going on yeah that guy knows what's up you give him a thumbs up fucking hell yeah give him the stick at the end you know whatever but uh Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Man, oh, I, I'm so terrible at giving away sticks. When I was in Spain this past summer. Oh, I am too. Dude, <laughs> I, I, I got, like, Spain was, like, so crazy because they, they just, like, want a souvenir from the show. Yep. Like, every single show, I think, we did six shows in Spain, and I think I went through, like, ten pairs of sticks from just giving oh them God. away. Oh, okay. I'd, I'd play one show with them and then give them away. I was like, wait, I have a whole, like, I have to finish this tour and then I have another tour after this. And I'm not, like, I, this is all the sticks I have. Uh, so I had to order, I had to do another order before my next run because I was like, I'm, I have zero sticks. I'm, yeah. I, like, no, it was so I bad. was, on the last tour we did, I, I maybe gave away, like, 
I want to say three, four sticks at most, which out yeah. of like a 30 day run, that's, that's not a lot just cause no, I was, no, no. I was just <laughs> like, I was like the people I gave it to were either people who I just, I could just tell were really into the show or they just mm-hmm. like really begged for it. And I was like, okay, like you were, you were awesome. So it's like, that's, that's, I'll, yeah. I'll give it up. But it's like, yeah, you're, you're, it's like, you know, I got to make it through this freaking tour and it's like, you know, we usually don't get payouts till like the end of this thing. So it's like, you know, I gotta, I gotta make this shit work for the it's end rough, of the man. tour. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I still, I still got to have my supply. So yeah. I'll say the only time that I'm like a hundred percent, I'll give uh like even just like a pair of sticks out is if there is like a young kid at the show that I can see is like air drumming or like really into the drums specifically i will like make a point of going out and and giving them a pair of sticks yeah like, or yeah. or usually too the I'll, I'll give it away if like the the pair or like usually it's always the my my left stick is like beat to shit from like the yeah. and i'm like this is this isn't even worth playing anymore because it's like right. there there's like nothing better than like playing with a fresh pair of sticks you're just like oh this feels so good yeah. but i have then, a box of them right here just dude. waiting to be destroyed oh, yeah, yeah Look i'm at very that. excited yeah awesome. thank you lost cabos you guys are the best uh, <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, that's usually when I'll give them away. It's like, okay, like I like I know this is like mentally going to be the, this last sticks show. And then I'll be like, okay, here, I'll, I'll give this thing away. So, because otherwise I'm just going to throw it away anyway. So, and then, so I'd rather give it to someone who will appreciate it more than me just tossing in the, in the, <laughs> in the trash. Yeah. Well, dude, what you got to do is just like toss a signature <laughs> on it, throw it on the merch table. Uh, put ten dollars on it, and the way you go, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I thought I thought of, well, actually, funny enough too. Uh, I was using some of the pairs of sticks that I had were from a a, a buddy of mine who was a who's a Vic Firth artist, and I would buy I would buy through him, but he had his. It, it, it was like a standard six uh, stick size that you can get, like that's open to the public. But his had his band and his signature on it. So I was like, okay, well, obviously, I don't want to give those away because it has his signature on it. Yeah, that looks a little weird, right? Yeah, so. yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I can't give those away. And then, but now I have, uh, I have just purely, you know, standard, uh, standard sticks. So yeah. I, I could, I, I could do that now. But yeah, I forget. There was one guy who wanted to. He wanted to pay me like I didn't have my sticks on me, but he wanted to pay me like twenty dollars for like one stick, and I, I like felt bad. I was like, dude, I don't want to, I don't want to take that from you. But yeah. I was like, all right, come see me after the show if you if you really want. And he he never came back, so I was like, yeah. I I didn't have to feel uh feel bad about it. Well, <clears> if <throat> it's at the merch booth and uh, it's signed, you can get photos. Like you know, <laughs> we're all around and everything like that. I don't mind tossing them on there because if you want them, that's like it, other than me like throwing them out to the crowd, which I don't typically do. I was overexcited when because like haven't toured Europe in years and with yeah. the previous years we had i was just like so stoked to get back on the road so i was just like throwing sticks at everyone the shows are fucking amazing so i was like Mm -hmm. so stoked worth it Uh, yeah yeah but most of the time like i'm not throwing out sticks like ever so like yeah if you want them they they'll be i forget there's there's one company i was looking i don't remember their name but um they have like these sticks you can buy i forget what they call them they call them like their practice line or something Mm -hmm. and they're like they're like sticks that are not 
they're essentially not made up to like a standard quality for like the the purpose of just beating the crap out of them to like practice so you're not using your good stuff or right. to like throw to the crowd or give them out to people or whatever and i thought that was actually kind of an interesting idea but yeah because like a lot of companies like they if they're not of a certain weight or a certain like quality standard to them then like I, I've gotten some. Like Los Cabos would just send me like a, a, a couple uh, sets of sticks, just like tossed in my order or whatever, yeah. of uh, ones that are like non-branded, because like they didn't pass quality control tests. So it's just like here yeah. you go. Like you can just yeah have some of these. You can practice on them, whatever you know. And then like yeah. it's it's super sick because then I don't have to destroy my good sticks. <clears throat> Yeah, God, I'll tell you one thing, dude. I I could I could go for a sick endorsement. I'm sick of <laughs> sick of paying like ten, twelve, fifteen dollars for these things. All right, go, we'll, I, we'll talk afterwards. Don't worry, man. Yeah. Okay. It's all good. It's all good. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I can see. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Los Cabos supports uh, metal drummers. <laughs> I find like like no other stick company really like i know yeah. there's a couple in the states that have reached out to me and stuff like that and a lot of their guys like scorpion percussion like those guys are like huge into the metal world and, and mm-hmm. supporting metal drummers but it's just awesome because los cabos is a canadian company so <laughs> oh, i love right, supporting yeah. fellow canadian small business owners it's all like yeah, totally. like family run pretty much as well so like yeah i just i love the company and i love the sticks i've been with them for ooh, almost 10 years now actually this oh, wow. year this year will be 10 years i'll be with los cabos so yeah Oh wow! Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so I think you like them then, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Stuck around this long. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what what would be important to me. It's like if I'm like endorsed or endorsing a, a product or a company is whatever is like what what actual support you know do they offer the artist? That's besides like just discount pricing. It's like you you could go ahead and sign on with one of these big companies, but do they actually are you just a number to them or do you do they actually care or is it someone who's like we value you as an artist mm-hmm. and we want to support you and if you need anything let us know and stuff yeah. like that i mean that even goes with like bands and labels and stuff too it's like you know even my band you know there was a there was a few other labels that were like interested in us too and so some could argue that they were they were bigger than you know signing with century but yeah. century was like the one that was like really interested in us and what we were doing and like they were just they're you know, pumped they, on the whole project so ex- it was like, exactly yeah. so that's what was important to us and mm-hmm. you know that's ultimately why you know the band signed with them and stuff but yeah same thing with like drum companies you know it's like i i could <clears throat> i could sign on with like the biggest companies that like in the drum world that exist but like are they actually going to support me or are they just going to am i going to send an email like hey i need a such and such and then i don't get anything for like 16 weeks you know that doesn't really do much for me right yeah and it's kind of like being the the small fish in a huge pond type of thing like where like if yeah if you're like chad smith or something then yeah the biggest companies are going to do whatever. Yeah, the CEO you know. is going to hand deliver that shit to him. Right. <laughs> like, uh, you know what I mean? But if you, 
like like especially for you guys you guys are are making waves in the scene big time but you're still a very very new band exactly right so you know for uh, a label like century i think that they have the foresight to see the growth in that so you want to make sure when you're when you're talking to drum companies and stuff that they're on the same page as you as well. They see the band. They're like, okay, we we know you guys are at this level, but like we want to support you so you can get to that next level. Yeah, you know, rather than like, uh, okay, we'll give you a ten percent discount and we won't answer your email for a month and a half. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, like you don't you don't need that. You know, the big companies no. have other shit to worry about, and you got to realize that. Like, that's just how business is gonna work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, man. Uh, all right. So speaking of your band, because we haven't really talked about any of that at all, um, of Sulfur uh, is releasing a new uh, album on mm-hmm. Century Media Records. You guys more recently signed with Century Media, which congrats mm-hmm. on that. That's Thank super you. sick, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard really good things about Century, so you know I'm super pumped for you guys. Uh, and uh, so the album comes out uh, March 24th. Um, I believe uh, so. Yeah. Yes, three twenty-four. I'm, I'm so terrible there. with dates, but. Yeah, I, I'm a real man. I, I feel like sometimes I'm the last one to hear about what's going on with my band. So it's like, <laughs> it's funny. Like sometimes, like my girlfriend, she knows what's going on more than I do, and she'll tell me something. She's like, "Oh yeah, you guys are doing this." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Can you tell me that again?" She's yeah. almost like my assistant. She's got. She like. She's like, "Yeah, so you're doing this." I'm like, "Oh, I am. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, no. So I mean." We are we are very fortunate to be a, a part of the uh, Century Media roster. They have they have mm-hmm. given us so much support and believe in what we're doing, and it's just like they're just everything they've done for us has just been like invaluable. It's just so it's it's been just really great, and you know helping us like you know get the vision and everything we want out there and their support and so. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Big shout out to uh, Michael Gitter at Century Media. He's uh, he has been just such a important role in helping us, you know, get to where we are, and his support for the band, and oh, overall, just a great, great guy. And so, yeah, they've the the team there has been been excellent. So we're very fortunate to be to be with them. Yeah. Well, so let's get into a little bit of how you came to be a part of this project because you're not the original drummer of the band correct no no i'm not so that's that is a funny story also in of itself (laughs) so so yeah i know we're just full of them today aren't we yeah Um, it's perfect but um so i was in the middle of uh moving from california to pittsburgh pennsylvania which is where i'm I'm at now and um i was uh I was just uh, pack packing up, you know. Had my car ready, to, like ready to go, and everything. All of a sudden, I just, you know, in my uh, Instagram box was a uh, uh, Ricky Hoover, and I was he was just like he was just telling me he's like, hey man, really like your videos and yada yada. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, oh wow, because I, I I I I remembered Ricky from like back in Suffocate and everything. And so I was yeah. like, I was like, oh god, that's a name I haven't seen in a minute. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I saw. Um, 
was it their guitar player it's a chase uh followed me and then um yeah ricky just kind of opened up it was like hey man so like I'll, I'll just give you the deal here like we're uh you know i'm in this band and you know like here's kind of what we're working on and we're gonna you know we're looking for a drummer and all this stuff and i was just like okay because like i had heard of the band like before like i forget like one press release came across my news feed one day and i was just you know just checking out random stuff that was you know popping up in the scene and i just remember seeing them their uh yeah their track oblivion what that had a uh, tim lambesis on it and so <clears throat> i was like oh wow this is really cool so yeah cool to see him back in music and all that stuff so and then um I was like, okay, well, funny enough, uh, I'm actually like, we're on the way. I'm saying bye to a friend in Vegas, you know, on my way traveling to Pittsburgh. And so I was like, we could probably meet up and, you know, just kind of talk. And so then, yeah, we met up at a, uh, at a restaurant. We were just talking and I was, I was kind of curious too. I was just like, so how'd you guys find me? Like, and then, uh, <laughs> they, or was it their guitar player chase actually found my, uh, my YouTube channel and was just like, Oh, like, no, like you're it. We, we need, we need to find you. And they, uh, they thought I lived in like Los Angeles. And I was like, well, yep. Funny enough. I'm moving. And they're like, God damn it. They're like, but they're like, well, <laughs> we could probably make this work. I was like, Oh yeah. There's so much like remote possibilities these days that like mm-hmm. you couldn't do like t- 10 or so years ago and so you know they they were fine with you know the distance and everything and you know it's i mean i'm still here today so but um yeah so he basically uh chase had found uh found me on youtube and because they were they they were actually really struggling with uh getting a getting a drummer locked in because they had a they had a uh, they had a drummer and they um they had this show again at Chain Reaction. I think it was with like Winds of Plague, uh, Carnifex, and it was like all the OC like heavy hitters, like just oh, like yeah. having a, having a good show. And um, they were on the bill, and so they um, it was like a, a from what I remember of the story, I could have some of this wrong, but um, the, the gist of it was that a couple days out, like their their drummer like couldn't do it, and he like something some I think he had like a family emergency or something happened, and um, what is it? They they contacted like ten drummers or something. Like they even like hit up like Sean Cameron, like Carnifex, you know, they're oh, they're yeah. friends with. And they're like, yo, can like we get any of you guys to just like learn the bass like get us through the set. And um a lot of them were like, yeah, like, like sure, you like it here, let's let me check it out and then I'll get back to you. Then like they all checked it out and they were just like, there's no way I can learn this shit in like two days. Like yeah. <laughs> they were just like this is <laughs> this is not gonna happen. And so <clears throat> And then well, I forget what else happened. They were like, they were like on the way to the show just to like try and make it work. And then their uh, their van broke down, and so they literally they they literally got hit with every punch they could have gotten hit, and they just finally had to forfeit it and just be like, God damn it, we can't do the show. And so yeah. at, at that point, I guess something didn't work out with the the. Um, the other drummer after he got his situation resolved and then yeah they just went on the hunt and so yeah just basically just you know by by just putting myself out there and just making videos you know they uh they took notice and they were interested in having me uh 
be a part of their project. And so when I got home and uh, <clears throat> got kind of my stuff all situated, they uh, they had a track they were working on, which is now uh, wide open. And they sent it to me, and they were like, "Hey, so here's a here's a track. Just kind of want to see what what you do with it." And uh, yeah, so I, I kind of wrote like the uh, the pre pro drums to it. Well, actually, pretty much what you hear now is pretty much what I I wrote then. So it was pretty much the first pass. They were they were they were really excited on it, and so they were like, "No, this is perfect," and you know, this is great, and so. Yeah, no, and then uh, I flew out to do uh, the music video with them, and it just like it just kind of clicked, and so I've been with them ever since. That's super sick, man. So when they sent you the track, was it literally just like tempo track and like guitars and vocals? I assume. No, so no, like, no, no vocals. So I, no I, had vocals? No, okay. I had no idea what the vocals were doing. Um, they were, uh, they had some like kind of pre-pro drums. Uh, okay, going so down. they had like some kind of template for you to work off of. Yeah, but as uh, you can imagine, it's guitar players writing drums. So you yeah. already, you already know what that that's like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's a as much as like I'll, I'll make jokes about that. It, it's I think it's still important that they at least try and do even if it's octopus drumming, just yeah. so you can get an idea of like what what kind of like feel they have in their head like what 100%. makes sense so yeah. so even that stuff is still important so yeah they just had um i forget if like one of them wrote it or like the producer who was working on it like kind of just wrote some stuff or whatever but mm-hmm. yeah i mean there were some like fills and stuff that like didn't make any sense it like it would have like shells and like closed hi-hat in it i'm like who plays like that <laughs> but but um yeah so no they just kind of sent like a, a baseline or whatever and then there was some stuff I like kind of followed within the line, then others I just com- completely threw out and rewrote like my my own thing. So yeah, so yeah, no, there was there was like some pre-pro, but um, but yeah, I I, I actually I actually did wish that there was um some vocal pre-pro vocals that I could have heard because in the, like the intro of that song is kind of like more of this like war drummy feel that I, I wanted and mm-hmm. coincidentally the drums actually do kind of line up with uh, the vocals on that but that's what I kind of wanted to hear because I was curious what the vocals were going to do with there so like for me like context is a big part of like it's very important for me to know what's going on like when I'm writing to something like I'll kind of want to know what everyone's doing or if it can be like kind of a collaborative effort. So it's like when I heard like, for instance, that part, the intro, I was like, all right, what are the vocals doing? Cause I want to like do my Tom accents, like kind of what the vocals are doing. Cause like what I hear in my head or whatever. And even without hearing it, it just kind of worked out. Thankfully. Um, do but, you think that maybe what you wrote <laughs> influenced the way that he did the vocals? I'm not sure. I've never asked him, but that uh, maybe uh, because maybe when he was doing um, the finals with uh, the producer, that could have been. For all I know, that could have been a discussion that happened. But yeah, no, that that'd be that'd be cool. But yeah, I mean, he because for him, like having like good drums and stuff, like he he like to him like drums and vocals are like for him are like the most important parts of like the music to him. So he's yeah. he's definitely. He like drums are a big, are very important to him for when like he's writing and stuff too. Cause like he would try to write stuff like basically as I was like writing along to the album, those are like the songs he would work on for the most part. Mm-hmm. And okay. so, cause, cause then he would hear like the final like drums and be like, okay, this is, 
this is the feel that I want to go with. And then I, I guess it would help him out and what he was doing. So yeah, drum drums are a big are a big part for him. Yeah. I, I would say <laughs> drums are a big part for any any type of music and especially when it comes to extreme uh metal and all that like drums are oh, yeah. the backbone like that's <clears throat> where you're getting all the feel and then having the vocals play off that feel as well like yeah you need you need some kind of drum at least like idea there in order to write vocals i would say oh, yeah. yeah yeah totally so yeah so, no when it comes oh, down to um recording the record did you fly out and uh, record with a producer with the rest of the band or did you do all that on your own like what was that process like for the the new record oh man dude the so the uh the process for this record was uh pretty unorthodox i would say or just uh it was a bit it was a bit wild i'll say so um because i actually didn't get like all of the pre-pros for the record until like a month before I was sent to fly out and record it. So I had to write and practice the drums all in the span of a month. So besides wide open. So that was, (laughs) that was rough because, um, I felt like I had been asking for these pre-press for because I didn't know like the whole record was done because I was like there was a point where I was getting worried. I was like I haven't heard I haven't I've heard like two songs, and yeah. I'm supposed to record because like they booked the studio time. It was it was uh, booked with uh, Josh Schrader. And, oh um, yes, yeah, of yeah, course. yeah. So <clears throat> so uh, I was like okay, I have to drive to Michigan and because uh, it's like a six hour drive from where I'm at, so it just yeah, made yeah. sense to just yeah, pack not my too stuff bad. You don't need to you don't need to fly. So yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. And so, um, what is it? I was like, I don't know, like, is this is this stuff done or what? And they're like, oh, yeah. And then they just, like, dump it all on me. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been done for fucking weeks, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's great. So, <laughs> I kind of wanted that. <laughs> so, yeah, we got off the, um, was it, we got off the uh, As Lay Dying Whitechapel and Shadow of Intent run. And then um, it was, like, a couple of weeks later, yeah, they, I got, like, Cause that ended I like late July if I remember, and so we had the studio time booked for like the first week of September, and so I was like, okay, I have like a month and like a week to to write all this, practice it, and then you know attempt to record the best takes of me playing this for yeah. recording. <laughs> so <laughs> that was like, no pressure, and so yeah, no, there was just times where I would just have to like, cause like I like I really want to make sure like my parts and stuff like are actually like valuable to what's happening or like yeah. getting like accenting certain things or just you know like I I really like kind of like try to immerse myself in what what's happening in the song or what what feel can enhance it or like what I can do, like what's, what's happening with like with the guitar work, like stuff like that. Like I really like to think about it. Like, Cause like when I usually write, I have to like, I don't usually write things in like one session. Like I get away and then I have like, you know, just walk around. I have like my, my shower thoughts and then like, I think about it later. Like I, I completely get away from it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, I'll just like one of the riffs will get stuck in my head. I'm like, Oh, this actually could be better. 
or oh i could do this or something so but this i had to just be like nope you gotta go 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 and so yeah just go with your gut and run with it like just stay with that move on to the next song because we're on time crunch here yeah Yeah. exactly so yeah no i so I, i i pretty much knocked out all the songs and then uh you know they were they were happy with like the the pre pros that i like programmed for them and then um yeah, so then I went to, uh, yeah, drove to uh, Josh Schrader's studio in, uh, in Michigan, and um, yeah, no, just uh, just kind of knocked it out. So I had kind of like prefaced with, uh, with Josh too. I was like, hey man, I'm just going to be dead straight with you. I had a month to write and practice this stuff. So I'm, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm a little nervous. I don't know like how we're going to get through this, but I'm going to, I'm going to fricking try. So, but yeah. no, he, he was so great at like getting a system going to, to make this kind of happen. So what we kind of did is, and uh, sorry if it ruins uh, some of the magic for uh, any of you guys who, uh, but um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I kind of recorded a lot of this record in like four bar chunks and that's kind of how he likes to actually record. So what, yeah. what would happen is I would have my pre-pro MIDI up and he had like a TV in front of the drum kit. And so it was kind of like playing Guitar Hero. I was like, okay, yeah, I was because it's like again, I didn't, I didn't have all the time in the world to like practice and memorize these things the way I normally like to. Mm -hmm. And so, but he was like, oh no, dude, we got this. Don't even worry about it. And so I was like, okay, okay. Okay. So he really, yeah, yeah, he really reassured me and and really helped me get through this session. And so, yeah, no, just had just had a big old TV just kind of set up like in front of the front of the kit, and I just kind of you know we had I had my MIDI mapping out there for him, and he just kind of like had a like a little drum map of what I had programmed. So I was just kind of watching it and playing as I went and then you know there were some there were some parts where you know he would let me go for a little we would call it a he would he would let me off the leash and I oh, could yeah. uh, I could like he's like all right this whole section just bang it out and those are always those are always fun so yeah that's that's kind of how that's kind of how this record had to go but man I had never had to hit drums so hard in my life than that man Dude. made me made me I hit know. Me. Dude, there's such a difference with going from working with like local producers and like small studios and stuff like that. And as soon as you start working with guys who are like, like putting out th- that higher quality, mm-hmm. it's like, cause I recorded with Christian Donaldson, uh, last oh, very year. Cool. And Love the way his records sound. Dude, it sounds phenomenal. Like we we just got our masters for the record too, and like I'm so oh, happy, like amazing. so yeah. sick. But the recording process really opened my eyes to like, like I I was trying to blast as fucking hard as I could, like hit that snare. And he's like, if you're not hitting like this amount of dB, like mm. when uh when you're blasting, like it's not a good take. Like you have to. And he just like I do a take. He's like, no, do it again. <laughs> harder hit your drums harder (laughs) like fuck like my forearm was like killing me after the first day i was like i was not prepared for this i thought i hit hard but nope nope not for the studio man so yeah and i uh i head into the studio this coming week on thursday and so like i'm mentally preparing myself i'm like i know what i have to do 
Like, yeah. so, and I, I'm, I'm going to be the, like, Christian's going to be on my shoulder the whole time, like, just, like, telling me, like, no, like, you need to do it harder. You yeah, know, no, you, just, no, you just hear it in your head, yeah. Yeah, no matter who I'm working with now or if I'm tracking myself, I'm like, mm, no, that snare has to be hit harder, 100%, yeah. you know? What is yeah. it, uh, the catchphrase of that session was, don't spare the snare. Yeah. So <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just, just, like, just rip into it. So I was, like, playing, like, God, like, freaking my fingers were killing me at like the end of some, like they're like usually after like every day I was like like I, I would know when it was like the last take I was like okay like I'm done like I cannot yeah I cannot do anything it's only beyond. downhill from here yeah exactly going, so, so. so it's like I, I ain't gonna waste your time let's just let this is where we're gonna cap it but yeah. so how many songs would you guys get done in a day um well some of them were like <sighs> One of them was like an interlude, so that was like that was only like a minute long song, but um, usually we get like three to four done. So really? I record, I recorded like the whole record in like I want to say like three and a half days. Wow, nice. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's say so. we were doing two, two a day, and then one day we did three, and that was like that was a, the lo- like a fucking long day. It yeah. sucked. <laughs> Yeah, by like two a day, and then I was like, nah, I'm done. Let's go home. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, let's go get some dinner. Like, yeah, it was fine. We gave ourselves ample time too. So it was like, we we weren't like super stressed. And we had a full day of just like listening back and and doing samples and and, and everything like that. So we had like a full day if we needed it. But uh, yeah, man, like, I I don't like to stress about it. Like, this time I booked four full days to do 10 songs so i think i'll be all right we have the setup yeah. uh, in the evening and then we have four full days to bang it out and i think i'll be i think i'll be comfortable enough to get that done yeah yeah yeah, yeah that sounds good. like a good amount of time to do all that so yeah but, yeah just the way just the way we had our setup going is what just really i think helps keep us kind of on track and keep keep the shit moving forward a hundred percent. Like if you're like reading and going and you're, you're doing just snippets at a time, it's not like you're doing whole sections and then go back no. and like, oh, well, this part kind of sucked. Do that whole section again. Yeah. And then you're just like, no, you're wasting energy. Exactly. Right? You know? Yeah. And, like playing live is one thing, like where you have the, the adrenaline and everything. But when you're in a studio, it's like you have to just summon all this crazy energy to hit like way harder than you mm-hmm. do live you know it's like it's, yeah, it's, it's really tough yeah it's like you would never play like this live no. but but for uh getting the getting the right sounds and stuff out of the drum they just they just want you to w- kind of wail on these things so yeah this man. is kind of this is kind of what you got to do i mean at the end of the day they're the engineers and know what sounds best so you just got to trust them and uh because i mean you want if you want your if you want it to sound impactful and good you just got to got to rip it sometimes yeah you you have to man when you're recording like hit your fucking drums but also understand to be a little lighter on the cymbals maybe you know yeah there's you don't want all that bleed in there there's a balance you know if you're smashing your cymbal like it's it'll sound like a mess you know like you have to kind of feather your cymbals at the same time as like absolutely smashing your shells so it's like man it takes a while it takes a while to get comfortable in the studio on how to like properly make your sound your drum sound 
good. Yeah, it's like get, getting that balance of just trying to get your cymbals to just kind of wash and then getting your, like, your shells to like really hit and peak like mm-hmm. above all that bleed and stuff is, yeah, definitely important. And that's kind of what this like session two kind of like showed for me, me as well because like you know, because like when I record my own playthroughs now, it's like I, I have like I have like Schrader in the back of my head, like don't spare the snare, don't spare the snare, and like yeah, you know make exactly. sure you're, you're hitting you're hitting your shells hard and hitting them right and all. I mean, I kind of was like that was kind of always like a goal of mine anyway, but it's like I never had anyone really like actually hearing me from like an outside perspective. So it's like yeah. I I could think I'm hitting hard, but I'm actually it's yeah. like the, then you have an engineer who's just like. Nah, man, I need you to freaking whale this thing. I'm like, oh, okay. And somebody that you respect, too. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's not just like some like engineers, like never done anything you've heard. Like this guy, you know, he's producing arguably one of the biggest uh, like bands within the genre you're playing, you know? Like, so it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, if, if you're telling me that I need to do this, then. I'm going to listen and make note of that. <laughs> yeah. Funny note on that record too. He, they actually recorded that. Uh, he told me, uh, they did shells and cymbals separately. Yeah. I so did. I actually did hear that. Yeah. On the latest album. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the pain remains album. So yeah. yeah, he was like, cause I remember I was talking to Austin about that and he was like, yeah, that was, that was kind of freaking weird. But then he's like, but then as soon as he, he like, we did like a take of one of the, tra- and he put it together. He was like, Whoa. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I, I get it now. So, but, uh, not on this record, it was just, uh, it was, it was all everything all at once. So, yeah. Do but, you use a, uh, curious here just for my own personal thing. Do you use a kick sure. pad when recording? Uh, since we know that it's going to, the kick drum is going to be sampled, right? We're yeah. Trigger yeah. It. yeah so, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no need for natural kicks in this style of music. So just might as well just get rid of that altogether. Right. That way you don't need to worry about it in the overheads or rooms or anything. Yep. Like, yeah. Exactly. Pad. Yeah. That was the same no, thing. No issues. Yeah. When I was with Christian, he's like, do you mind using a pad? I was like, I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> that would yeah, be Yeah. Cause it's, it's cool. Cause it's like, say, you know, you're, you're, you're recording or something and all of a sudden like you have an idea like kind of late in the studio game and you want to change mm-hmm. like a kick pattern. It's like, you can do that now because there's not going to be any like phase issues or whatever. Cause there's no, there's nothing, there's no kick in the, in the overheads or anything. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't exist. So you can, it's almost like a cr- good creative tool as well. That leaves things kind of open if you want to change like a pattern later or something. So a hundred percent, man. Yeah. And we had stuff like on this last record that did get changed. So I was like so glad that we did that. Um and I'm going to do that for every album moving forward if I'm for a metal band at least. Like if I'm doing like rock stuff or anything like that, I would like a natural kick because you want that yeah. feel and and everything from it, right? But for metal, like kick pad all the way or a mesh head, I'm I'm mm-hmm. straight up I know we've talked about this before, but I yeah. am getting mesh heads like this week just for the studio because I'm like, no, I I'm okay with using a kick drum. Uh, and it's going to, I think feel more natural than using the kick pad I have. So it's like, all right, mesh heads, 100% man. Yeah. Yeah. Live too. Just mesh heads. 
done. Yeah, exactly. Because was uh, Lynn from uh, Ingested? And that's actually what he was doing. He had just mm-hmm. like all mesh everything. I think uh, I think his front head too. Like I, I didn't get like too good of a look, but it looked like it was almost like cloth with like a decal. It wasn't even a drum head. And no, so like really? that, like the the wow. like Ingested. Uh, uh, logo or whatever he had on the front of it, and then uh, yeah, it was just a mesh head on the on his. It batters. was just like a a, a t shirt that he. It, got it to literally size looked and... like a t like t shirt like cloth with like the decal on, but I mean you couldn't tell yeah. from a distance. I no. mean, funny enough, actually, the uh, on my kick drums I have like the OS, yeah. and those are <clears throat> those are actually a decal that the guys got. Um, when we did the wide open video, but there's like, there's like tape on, I forget what, what was, uh, going on with it, but there, there's actually like tape on it that people can't see from a distance that, so it lo- it still looks like a perfect decal. So from a distance, you would have no idea yeah. that there's, oh, a, yeah. but if you look up closer, you're like, Oh, what is that? So they, and the credit goes all to them for putting that on. Cause I, I remember I was, um, Cause I was the first one up to do my takes and I was getting like all my, you know, my attire ready and everything. And then I just mm-hmm. came out and saw it and I was like, Oh wow. Good job guys. Yeah. Great <laughs> so, work. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, like live, you know, we're, we're triggering this stuff anyway. So it's like, you, you know, however, however you need to get, get there to just, you know, it's like it, 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 the acoustics don't really matter when it comes to the kick drum. And then who knows? It's like, right. you could even, for some people it could even aid them and, you know, just like you can tune it up to like a certain rebound or whatever. I mean, we're all we're all kind of different, you know, and it, it, it doesn't really because I know he does like the, the double strokes thing, too. And so that I don't know if that that helps him or not, or it just could be, you know, his kit that he may use for the studio, too. And then again, it's like the discussion we just had. It's like in this you don't you don't you don't need an acoustic kick sound when you're doing this type of, especially like ingested, like that stuff just blazing fast. Yeah. So yeah. I always do like <clears throat> having a, a natural kick drum there to sample just so mm-hmm. we get samples of all the shells. And even if it's blended in like 5%, I can be like, no, that was in the, then the kit that I used mm-hmm. with the kick drum, but we just sampled it. You know, yeah. just for my own well-being, I'm like, no, we just sampled the actual kick drum. It's okay. And like, you know, we didn't just go to a superior drummer and pick, you know, this kick and throw it in. You know, I think no. I did that. I did that once for like one of my covers. I think I, I sampled the actual kick drum and used that as my as my sample. And it, it it's not a very good sample, admittedly, <laughs> but but I mean, it, I think it was like one of the cattle. <laughs> Uh, decapitation covers I did oh, yeah. I used it and I was like okay hey, it works but I mean back then I, I barely knew like what yeah. I know now about like you know engineering and like mixing and stuff so it's like yeah going no- back through your videos from like even three years ago <laughs> oh to God, yeah. like this past year is like fucking night and day man like even just like the camera like the way the video looks the mm-hmm. audio quality is like fucking album quality fucking drum tones that's like, what it i'm going sick. for thank thank you yeah 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 i know and like even some of that studio stuff is what helped me because like there's i besides the kick drum i i have no samples going on in my uh my playthroughs or anything anymore some of my like other covers yeah i did just just because like i purely liked the sound of it it wasn't because of like a a flaw or anything but and then kind of watching schrader do some like mix work too i was just kind of like oh okay and kind of do that to help you know get it out there a little more whatever so it's not even like a a pride thing like i don't really care like to, to me what's more important is it sounding good 
at the end of the day. And if, you know, if just purely a natural tone isn't cutting it, then, you know, you just got to, you know, I have to swallow my pride and be like, okay, that performance, well, you know, it, it needs a little help. You know, it's there, mm-hmm. but it needs, needs some help. That's okay. So it's fine. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, so it, you can lay whatever you want down on the record. Uh, you just have to know that when it comes time to play live, you have to bust your ass mm-hmm. to get it up to, <laughs> to standard for the live show because the live show can't suffer. Oh, so, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But it, ha- having a month to prepare for the studio, it's like eh, there's going to be parts that you might need a little help on. But then if you have like probably six months before the album comes out, so. <laughs> you have that time to practice the shit out of those songs. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And even on the record too, uh, he told me like, he besides, you know, obviously again, the kick we sample, like even on the record, like there's no, there's no samples on the shells. And I, I was like all four, I was like, dude, throw up your best, whatever. I don't yeah. care. Like get, get <laughs> whatever snare 12 a or whatever in there. Like, I don't give a shit, man. Go for it. I think actually, no, I think he said he used like a room, like so there's like a room snare blended in, but uh, he's yeah. like, no, do all like Tom's like all, all close mic, everything that's all natural. I was like, I was like, dude, you could made me sound like a robot, and I didn't. I won't give a shit. But now nah, he he stuck to what whatever I performed, and so I was like, okay, because that's not something you really hear in this genre too much now. It's like it's no. like where where every drum hit sounds like a building explosion. It's like okay, that's not how drums sound, but you know, hey, whatever, it's okay. <laughs> I feel like there is a, a like. Everybody started using samples and it just got more and more and more and more and more. And now I feel like we're on the decline of the over-processed sound yes. of, of samples specifically, right? And the way plugins are going and everything like that these days, you can, there's ways to get your natural drums to that level of like cleanness and, and like just making them sound massive without using a ton of samples. Yeah. So, and it, it still has a feel like when I listen to, uh, some of the songs off your record, like I, I can hear the Tom fills and it sounds natural. It doesn't sound like every note is a one shot. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Not for those videos. Yep. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I love that. Like a, a room sample on the snare is like, is a classic trick just to make it oh, yeah. fucking sound huge, right? Yeah, because I mean, his room that we record, like he, it's it was a bedroom. It's not like it's not like a big drum studio. So yeah. and that yeah, that's yeah. fine, but um, it honestly it's not much bigger than the room that I have he that I'm recording like my my videos in my practice spot here. Like it, it's pretty much like a similar setup here. So mm-hmm. to to have some of that to like kind of make up for the room, you know, helps. Cause I mean that's a that's a big part of the drum sound is kind of the room sometimes. But I mean it still sounded great even in that in that room, you know, you had a good selection of mics and pre's and stuff. And then and then at the end of the day for anyone listening is Stuff like this is able to happen when you perform it correctly. You can't just be hitting wimpy and expect that you're you're going to get like it's like typically like samples were used in, in like the early days to kind of help like help the performer out like when a right. take wasn't like as good as it could be or whatever. But it's like if you are not performing 
the drums and hitting them properly, like you're not going to get results like this. So that is that is the most important part of like like it's like you know I want all natural drums. It's like okay, well if you want that, you gotta play like it then because yeah. you like because if that the source is the most important part, and if the source is the player then you know you aren't then just dude you might as well just start sifting through your superior library now <laughs> you don't even <laughs> need I mean. book studio time just like do that but that like leads us back to what we were talking about before about you know these producers like like you gotta fucking hit your snare harder you know mm-hmm. you gotta hit those shells like like they fucking <laughs> okay I'm not gonna go there alright you gotta hit them like really hard okay that's exactly what I was going to say. I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Like, they no, owe we've you all money, been there. It's okay. Know? We're all yeah. adults here. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, if you want that, then you have to fucking play. If you're going to go into the studio and just tippity tap on your drums and be like, oh, well, why did you use samples? Like, well, because you want it to sound half decent, right? Like, yeah. So you got you have to put fucking energy into your instrument to fucking get that sound out of it. Yeah, it's like if you're playing like a breakdown or whatever and you're like not hitting rim shots like bro, yeah. that snare is never <laughs> is never going to cut on its own. Like you got to you got to smash that thing. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, that's that's the biggest biggest part of it is the performer, the source has to be good from the get-go. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. just want it and have it. And we're definitely not knocking <clears throat> samples or anything like that in this because they do have a genuine place in production. And oh, I love them. Oh, yeah, they're fantastic. Uh, you know, it, it can help. Uh, like we said, like like room samples and stuff. Even if you keep all the shells, uh, obviously mm-hmm. we're triggering kicks and stuff. But even talking about your pre-production method and everything like that, how you MIDI track everything and then use that as a template in the studio. Um, that way, there's no surprises for the rest of the band. It's not like you go in, it's like, oh fuck, I changed this part and that part. It's like, no, you wrote it, and uh, that's all there, and they know what to expect. Within reason, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes there's studio stuff when you're working with certain producers and stuff that yeah, of course. like you can th- like there's times where I'm just <clears throat> like, I'm so not happy with this fill now that we're here and I'm in the space and we're laying it down. I'm just like, I don't like it. So like, let's go over just like this section so I can like work something out that I'm happy with. Right. And then there's there's stuff like that in the studio. But there's so many great things uh, for pre-production, and I would say one of those things is your new drum sample pack that's out now. will be out by the time this episode comes out. Uh, so that is through Drum Now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to tell uh, everyone kind of about this drum pack that you you've released i guess and kind of um the process that went into making it and uh what everyone can expect uh when they pick it up sure like dude i listened to the sample loop that is on the website and i was like fuck this this sounds absolutely incredible like you can pop this in and be like (laughs) especially for making your your pre-pro demos and stuff and a lot of people are like 
looking to send to labels and everything, you want it to be of a certain quality and maybe you don't have the time to actually go in and record drums professionally. This can be a great solution for that before you actually go and do like full production, right? Yeah, totally. So for clarification, it's actually a MIDI uh, loop pack. So mm-hmm. yes. what it is is it's it's a uh, it's a bunch of like uh, beats, like ranging from like blast beats, uh, heavy like double bass or like fast double kick stuff, and some like you know groove beats as well, like uh, all, all in like the extreme metal realm. And mm-hmm. so because like <clears throat> as far as like what they have released now, this is kind of like the first like extreme like metal pack that they've put out. And so um yeah, I mean what what this is is it, it's kind of beats that I per, I performed. So I guess going into the making of this is I I just kind of put a uh, a click track up and I just kind of I sent them like basically like a 40 minute video of me just just playing along to a click and just just blasting away and double doing double bass and stuff and they have their engineers just kind of kind of essentially program what I'm doing and then mm-hmm. they've kind of they they take they take those uh what they programmed they you know they make it make it a loop of like you know a few bars and then they've put them in uh they have them in five pre-mixed kits and so so basically like there's no software needed for this stuff like it's five pre-mixed good sounding kits ready to go that they've uh, you know their engineers have already mixed and so all you have to do is just listen there's a hundred loops in the pack so you just listen to what you want that fits your production and you literally it's as simple as dragging and dropping them in and you know you can just put them in whatever or like there's variations on like you know um like each like blast beat uh, loop or whatever, like it, it could sound similar, but maybe there's like different like China accents or something. So you can like you can get pretty pretty extensive with the combinations mm-hmm. of these of these loops and stuff. And so yeah, I mean it, it's meant to make the songwriter's job easier because it's like for the most part, you know, the they're not drummers. They don't think like drummers, and you know they just they just want to get to being creative. And so this is just some this is just a tool that you can use to just drag them in there, and it sounds good. It sounds inspiring just right off the bat. You don't have to think you know you don't have to think about oh like what's going on with my my superior or GGD template or whatever. Like like this is ready to go and so it's in various different tempos you know and there's like i said there's five different kits you know for whatever sound you're kind of going for and uh, and also for people who do you know they do prefer to use you know whatever uh drum vst template they have we it does come with the midi itself so you can just so so it does have like that are already pre-mapped to like you know like GGD uh, Superior Slate Drums um, mm-hmm. you know others and so if you do you if you do want to do that the MIDI is included so you can put them in your own template that you already you know maybe have pre-mixed or whatever or so that you can you know change them to whatever may suit your production more so that way like you're getting you're getting something that was actually performed by a drummer. So it's like there's no, you know, there's none of that like infamous octopus drumming or just like kind of, you know, maybe fills that don't really make sense or whatever. It's just it's it's mix ready just to go to get just keep you being creative because, you know, like a split second can just kind of ruin your flow. 
Like the yeah. less the less clicks, the less you know tweaking around you have to do, the better. Just to keep you being creative. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can like literally I, just go through and like <clears throat> click through a couple. Like, okay, that sounds good. Drag, drop it in your session, and then boom, you're back to writing a sick guitar riff. Exactly. You know? So yeah. that's what that's what this product is meant to do. So it's like there's for those you know who maybe don't have any drum software. Like you don't you don't need any because it's already it's already it already sounds like drums like yeah. mixed drums ready to go. And it's just like a, a buddy of mine, Serge. He just did a video. Uh, I sent him the pack just to see what he thought of it. And like he he pumped out a video like in a day and he was just like <clears throat> he was like, Man, this was so much easier than using like my superior, for example. And so, you know, mm-hmm. for him for him it's a it was a great tool. It suits like kind of his music style. And uh, you know, I'm hoping it can do the same for others too. So I'm pretty stoked on it. I think it turned out pretty good and you know, I think uh, you know, if you're a songwriter you know, just wants to make your life a little easier. You know, this is this is kind of the pack for you, that yeah. especially in the like extreme metal realm too. So I try to keep it interesting and not just do like typical, you know, boring blast. I try to change things up, have you know, like all my symbol work. So it's like it's genuinely like my performances just reprogrammed. Yeah, and even hearing the sample loop up there is like you can tell that it is you doing it. Like it yeah. sounds like you're playing. So yeah, yeah, it, dude, and it's it's it sounds phenomenal too. Like just to be able to drag and drop that in, and then mm-hmm. you don't have to, another thing is you don't have to worry about CPU usage because nope. some of those like drum sample libraries and like all that is like so CPU intensive. Oh like, yeah. Sometimes like with older computer I had, I open up GGD and like everything just Pro Tools just crashes. It's just like, oh, yeah. uh, nope, <laughs> like you're, you're going to restart your computer. So this way, like, and if I was in the middle of writing a song, like that's like, I'm, I'm taking a break, yeah, you know, that's, and I could that's lose, devastating. Like, I could lose like everything that I was doing at that point. So mm-hmm. yeah, the, the whole drag and drop feature, and then you can take the MIDI and once you're like, say done writing the song and done with that, like creative process, you can go in and like change whatever little parts you want about it too to kind of make it your own and then print down the midi if you want right <clears throat> exactly right yeah. yeah so it's 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 meant for you know anyone from like who's just kind of beginning or people who just don't want to like you know have to think about you know mm-hmm. dealing with programming drums to people who who do want to get you know more advanced with it and you know have that uh, flexibility to kind of tweak it to exactly what's going on so yeah, it's uh, it's it's for musicians of all of all levels. Yeah, absolutely, man, dude, that's so sick. And this is just part one of potentially many parts that you'll uh, you'll release in the future. Uh, I mean, I'd like to think so. I, I guess I, I do. I do want to say there is there is definitely a, a section of stuff that I did record that is not on the pack, but that I also think will be useful for more uh, of the the black metal guys who like the uh, like kind of that triplet blast feel and stuff and Ooh, nice. all that stuff. So because that's a big part of my uh, my playing too. So mm. I mean, who knows? Maybe they they uh, they'll come out with a second volume or something. But for now, we're just uh, kind of seeing how this goes and. You know, hopefully people will pick it up and they uh, they like it. But yeah, we got some more uh, content and stuff coming out with them too that I filmed. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm stoked to see what people kind of come up with. You know, like what what uh, uses it serves them. You know, in their own productions and their own music. 
Yeah, man. And <clears throat> uh, right now you can get a 10% off with the code of sulfur. Uh, hopefully that code is still good when this comes out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. If not... Well- all the uh, all the information, links, and all that will be in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. Uh, should be like drumnow. dot uh, com, I believe. Yeah, it, ju- it yeah. just uh, yeah, just drumnow. dot com, or I think it's mm-hmm. drumnow. dot app. But um, app, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll have we'll have links to all that. So you just have to yeah. click the link and and away you go. And we'll toss the uh, coupon code there for anyone who wants to check it out. Um, that's awesome, dude. All right, let's let's start wrapping things up here. You had a uh, pretty crazy last year doing some like <laughs> massive tours with the band. Yeah. You know, like getting the tour with as <laughs> like dying uh, Whitechapel and Shadow of Intent mm-hmm. uh, in the summer. You did all right. So the one question I had as well though, because you did a short run with Left to Suffer, I Declare War. Sure, and that was only three dates. Uh-huh. So do they? You literally fly out three shows and then fly back home. That's, That's right. how it that works. That's how oh, it works, damn, man. Yeah, I love it. I love get it. In, get out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Literally, the only thing that I'm thinking is that that must be very difficult for a band. Um, you know, like financially being in a band is hard enough. You sure. know what I mean? So, um, so for anyone out there, like who thinks that you can just have members on the other side of the country and stuff. It's not an easy thing to do. No, there's definitely things that could be easier being in the band if I live closer to them, but it is definitely not at all impossible to make things work. No, no. And if you want to make it work, you can make it work. Just know that there's going to be sacrifices because shows like that, like you don't want to turn down. So mm-hmm. you got you got to sacrifice and be like, okay, we this this is our cost of having to do this, and it's great that the the guys are like, okay, yeah, no, we'll fly you out because you're mm-hmm. a part of this team, because I know other bands would be like, ah, we'll just we'll just find a different guy to do it, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever. Yeah. But as far as drummers goes, it's it's not easy stuff to play. So. No, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I get you. But yeah, no, we're we're fortunate. You know, we got reserves in the mm-hmm. tank for stuff like that, and you know, yeah. that people people support us and you know buy merch and stuff that allow this kind of stuff to be able to happen. So that's it, merch. That's the only way a band survives. So oh, man, please, you're telling me if you're <laughs> out there, buy merch. Go to the merch booth. Go to the online stores, support the bands by buying merch, because that's, oh, yeah. that's it, man. That is number one. Yeah, big time. Uh, then you guys kind of like closed out the year with probably one of the biggest metal tours of the year in North America, Lorna Shore Aborted, Ingested, and Angel Maker. Yeah, and you guys are open in that run. That's that was a pretty intense tour. And when oh, I saw, yeah. I saw you right at the tail end of it, and it was an absolute shit show that day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, like welcome to Canada. Then it's just like fucking a snowstorm. You have to go all the way around. No, that was, oh, that was yeah. Buffalo, regardless. But you know, coming through the north in uh, November <coughs> is always mm-hmm. rough. But oh, dude, whole tour sold out. Um, so that was that's fucking killer. I'm sure that was incredible for you guys on that run. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, no that that was that was a great run. So yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of heavy hitters and uh, you know, oh, yeah. 
and just like you know I, I've been listening to aborted for you know God more than 10 years or so now so it was really right. cool to be able to be able to see them and did you, you know. uh, did you bro down with Ken at all? Did you, uh, I did, you know, yeah. bug him, bug him about his, uh, swivel and, and all that? Oh <laughs> yeah. That- yeah. No. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm a, it was like, was it? Yeah. He and I are the only, uh, single stroke boys on the, on that whole tour. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah, no, I bugged him about his, uh, swivel croc technique. Swivel uh, croc. <laughs> him and his Dude. crocs, man. He's never, he's never without them. Yeah. But, I know when he was loading out, he's in crocs and shorts. And I was like, what are you That's doing? And we just stood day, outside every for like, day, bro. Yeah. Every day. Oh every day. God. Eventually yeah. he's like, okay, I'm a little cold. I'm going to go inside warm up. Like, okay. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, uh, that's the Ken Bedeni fit. Yeah. But he's the um, he's the reason why I started doing swivel. Cause I was so sick of just like standard single strokes. I was like, it's just like not working for me. And I, I saw it boarded fucking years ago. Um, and I asked him about it and then he's, he told me, it's just like, it's like putting out a cigarette, butt. that's it. Yep. That's all you got to worry what I, about. That's what like, I, that's what I tell people too. It's like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, what is it? it. Krim was the big reason I started doing it. Well, I kind of noticed my left foot was doing it like mm-hmm. automatically. I didn't realize it, but then my right foot wasn't doing it. And so, yeah, but yeah, without it, I'm, I, ah, God, I cap at like two ten maybe. Two yeah. two under two ten if I don't do it, so Dude, yeah. I'm like one seventy. Like once I get over one seventy, I'm like I'm just gonna do swivel because it's so much easier. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I don't care. Talking to uh, <coughs> Alan Cassidy, he's like no anything under like two ten, like no, and then that yeah. above that, then then I go into swivel. I'm like no nah, man, <laughs> I'm gonna start swiveling like way earlier because it just like relaxes me. Like mm-hmm. everything's just so much more relaxed and, and I play tighter and not tense. Like it's fine. Yeah. yeah we're all different and we're all, cause like for mm-hmm. me, funny enough, like those, like that 170 range is like, Oh, that is like the worst for me. It's so, like it's it, so terrible. Yeah. 160, like, 160 for me is like my kryptonite. Like, Oh, that's awful. Yeah. That's yeah, a horrible we're, tempo. We're two it's, songs on this record that are like 160, 165. And I'm like <laughs> dreading them. Yeah. yeah, like more power to like those power metal drummers because that's they're literally playing like the worst tempos. Yeah, like it's like it, it's too slow to use like all ankle and it's too fast to like just use all leg and you're like finding that weird in between. Yeah. And it just takes so much control that I just, I'm like, oh my God, it just feels so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Your balance is just off, but yeah, no, actually he kind of, he going back to Ken, he kind of helped me out with, um, he was, uh, he was trying my pedals out and he was like, yeah, like this feels pretty good and all that. But, um, I forget what show we were doing, but, um, <clears throat> he, uh, he, he, he made a comment cause I, I play the, uh, the Tom of Dynasinks. Okay. And uh, yeah. I just used kind of the standard beater with them, so I didn't really, I didn't really change much to them because, like, for me, if it's like if the pedal don't feel good out of the box, like you're like it's just it's not it. So I mean, like, yeah, you you're you're gonna over time adjust, make some adjustments and stuff, but like yeah. sometimes from the beaters g- wear out, you need to replace them. You know, like yeah, it happens. Yeah, but so he he made a comment. He's like, "Yeah, your beaters are like really heavy," and I was like, "Oh, okay." And so, <clears throat> what is it? I uh, well, forget what show we were at, but he just came up to me and he was just like, "Hey, put these on your pedal, and just just give them a try." And he he uses the uh, the trick beaters on yeah. his axis pedals, mm-hmm. and so. I was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't really think much of it. I was like, this is gonna be whatever. I was like, okay, and then uh, yeah, I put them on, and then I just started hitting my kicks, and I was just like, 
oh my god like it was like a light bulb moment i was like i can't believe how much of a difference this makes this is he was like yeah dude and so i was like (laughs) "Hmm, yeah probably should be listening to the guy who's been shredding for like ever now you know and so yeah no i was like dude i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna get a pair of these after this tour and then sure enough for uh for christmas uh santa santa happened to bless me with uh some trick beaters so now uh, i got those set up on my uh on my pedals now and i've been uh, messing messing around with those and um kind of did some uh tweaking to my pedals and uh, i think i got them now just just where i want them because funny enough we were having the discussion i was like dude after this tour i'm i'm just i'm buckling down and i'm just gonna learn doubles like like screw this single stroke shit like i'm i'm done with this and then and just like I, I, I can't I can't break it. I just every time I try, I'm just like, dude, this feels too weird to me and I I'm just I don't know, I guess I I'm just screwed to destined to be a single stroke player. So it's not even like a pride thing at this point. I just every time I try, I'm just like I can't get the settings right or the technique or whatever it is and it just mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel right to me. And I'm like I would literally need someone to like set up the pedal for me and then do it and like force me to do it. Like I can't do it on my own. So well, dude, I, I go and I practice my doubles and I'm like, okay, I think, I think like I'm doing okay, you know? And like, it's like, it needs tightening up, whatever. And then I'm like same tempo and everything. And I just go into my swivel and I'm like, oh my God, this is so much easier. Like, I'm, I don't need to concentrate on it. It just feels more natural. Like, it, mm-hmm. like it's tighter. Like there's more power in it, even yeah. though I don't need more power, but I find that that makes me play more powerful like even with my hands when my feet have more power behind them my hands have more power it's like a weird balance no that that totally is that totally is important the feel of how you're playing something is Mm -hmm. is is for me personally is important so like for me what is i i do like single foot blasting for me, yeah. that's like purely like a feel thing because when I'm blasting, like it feels like a blast to me. Like it feels extreme because everything is going fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I literally, I'm not even joking. I cannot blast with two feet. Like it feels weird. My my feet just fall apart. Like I can't do it. Like I've tried. Like I've tr- I've tried, and just like the feeling of my feet going slow while my hands go fast, it just doesn't feel right. So that's like I mean, I, truth be told, I wish I. I mean, at like two sixty. That's when I kind of start doing like two feet sometimes. Like like yeah. in our song "Stain and Rot," I just have like some kind of quick uh, blast at that speed. I those I do. Uh, I trade between the left and the right, but for the most part, like I'm just, I'm singles like all the way just cause it feels, cause at that tempo, it's like, it does still feel kind of like more extreme cause it's like, it's just so fast, but yeah. like anything oh, yeah. from like the, <clears throat> anything from like the 200, like 240 realm, it's like, it's, it's like all singles cause it just, it just has that it feel like it does. Cause at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Cause it's like the kick is going to be triggered. It's going to sound the same no matter what, but it's just the feeling of how, I'm playing it makes me get that certain tone or whatever, like to make me play the way I play. And so mm-hmm. it's like yeah. just the way you play something, it, it does, it, it has a role. Yeah. There's no right or wrong way to play 
totally. something. Like exactly. as long as you're you know, playing in time and everything, yeah, obviously yeah. <laughs> your timing needs to be good. But no matter like whether you're using two feet or one foot or a foot and a hand, if you want to use your hand to hit the second kick drum, then go nuts. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. But as long as you know it feels right to you. That, you know, and then that is like your groove. You're creating your own style and like not like taking influence from other drummers, but allowing yourself to to feel the drums and and the way that you want to perform them. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's let's wrap things up here. You guys got some shows coming up with Bleeding Through in late mm-hmm. February. Yeah, um, that's super sick. So anybody <coughs> in the Roseville, Santa Cruz, Fresno area, go grab your tickets. Tickets are on sale now. I assume. I, I imagine they are. Yeah. I imagine it's all announced. It's always on sale. You know, yeah. go get your tickets. <laughs> go check them out if you're in California, or fucking get a. a flight wherever you are you know if you're from uh white horse uh yeah. we actually know, just uh, we actually just announced a show too uh a little late but uh, uh february 18th we're actually playing at uh jose mangan's uh, affliction headquarters in los angeles so that just got announced i believe that's like a charity event so those Sick. tickets i think are going out soon but that that like just got announced so Nice. We're February 18th. We also have one uh, Los Angeles date with a uh, spirit world. That's sick, man. Awesome. And uh, lastly, uh, the new album, The Burden of Faith, comes out March 24th on Century Media Records. And uh, I think you can give, pick up pre orders right now as well for that oh, yeah. one. So head over there, <coughs> pick up your pre order. And uh, all the links for all this shit will be in the show notes. So just look below and you can check it out. All right. Levi, thank you for joining me on the We're Talking Drums podcast. Hopefully we can do this again, man. This has been great. Yeah, no, this has been fun. Yeah, glad we were able to link up and uh, finally do this. Yeah, man, absolutely. All right. Take care.